Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. Like I said, my name is Luis Miramontes, and I, what I do is I get uh, people's experiences and how it's leading them down their current path in life. Uh, do you want to identify yourself? Yes. My grandmother calls me Kaylee. Kaylee. My mother calls me Carrie. Carrie? And there's no R in the Hawaiian language. Are you Hawaiian? I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, do you know where you were born at? I was born at Stanford Hospital in Palo Alto, California. Okay. What is the earliest memory that you have? I... Well, I remember playing as a youth with, with our dogs in our backyard at 2176 Del Monte Avenue in Santa Clara, California. Okay. And Santa Clara is the name of the county mm-hmm. that San Jose is in. Yeah. Santa Clara County is an enormous county. Yeah. It goes from it goes from, you know, the mountains, you know, to you know, to the 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 South uh, San Francisco Bay. Yeah, yeah, it does. It it does. It's 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 enormous. When you were uh, playing with your dogs, had you always had dogs? Uh, no, my sisters, my sisters uh, adopted dogs. You know, um, and. Um, it, one was an Irish setter. The other was a St. Bernard. And they procreated and created an Irish Bernard. An Irish Bernard. Okay. Yeah. And it was the biggest redheaded dumb dog you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. It didn't learn very well? Well, you know. Or was it just youthful? Yeah, and I would think so. Yeah. And so, you loved playing with the dogs. Well, you know, um, I mean, other than climbing, you know, our huge willow tree in the backyard, they were tremendous entertainment for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, um, among, um, you know, many of my endeavors, you know, that I've enjoyed in my life, I'm not, you know, uh, youthful. I've had, I've had 
vast experiences. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my father taught me to build when I was young. Build what kind of stuff? Well, as soon as I was old enough to stick my head mm-hmm. over the the level of the table saw, yeah, I was working with wood. Oh, okay. And I am a I'm an expert carpenter. I I could build unbelievable things, mm-hmm. largely because I have a tremendous imagination. Yeah. And, you know, um, just learning the tools, you know, helped. And, you know, and I own every woodworking tool, you know, I have them stored in a storage area. Do you really? Yes. I have routers, lathes, bandsaws, table saws, uh, you know, um, drills, battery-operated and electric-operated. Okay. And, um, and all the bits. Yeah. My dear friend Byron Kemper taught me how to be an auto mechanic and a and do body work on automobiles uh-huh. so i have in my supply of tools body hammers so that i could when i see somebody in the parking lot who needs body work yeah. done on their cars hey i'll do that for you you know, just you know, uh, a little, a little, um, you know, a little help. Yeah. And and I'll be happy to do that for you. And I I can pound it out. I can sand it out. I know how to use bondo and you know and other things. To smooth it out. Yeah. Oh gosh. And I'm an expert painter. Expert. I got I got a brand new Binks spray gun within my tool collection. Yeah. So I I mean, and believe me, I can either paint latex or I can oil it or I could use um, um, solvent you know to cut oil based paints yeah and and oil based paints they dry hard hard yeah you know you know and once I bondo the vehicle you know sand it all out paint it up Paint it up. Look brand, look brand new. Yeah, like glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I talk with and even though my grandmother Annie 
Naha Olelua. Um, she wanted to make sure we all spoke perfect English. And, and, and I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. I have master's degrees in four areas. Which four are those? English, history, dance, theater. Nice. And I performed on stage live in Southern California for over 20 years. Over 20. Yeah. I've danced with some of, you know, some very famous people. Um, my favorite character is a man named John Rate. John Rate, who was uh, who was Curly in Oklahoma on Broadway. Okay. His daughter is the the famous country western singer. Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was a privilege to do a performance with him. And he's a real card, that John Raitt. I mean, um, he'd been around the corner. He's been around. Yeah. I mean, when you perform on Broadway in the 50s, You've been around, and I did a show with him, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and still. Was it just a local show for Southern California? No, the, 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 I, I worked for and performed for a company called Fullerton Civic Light Opera Company. Okay. They're a, a major regional company in Southern California, you know, and we performed at, we performed many performances at us, you know, at the local high school theater, which was called Plummer Auditorium, but it was built, that theater was built in the early 1900s, and it was, and they made sure it was fully state of art, lighting, electrical, you know, music. I mean, the orchestras that would play there, you know, the, you know, they were conducted by, you know, the professors at the University of California and, and private, um, well, if they would work, you know, they would they wouldn't work for gratis, but they would work, you know, you know, for what they could get from the company. And believe me, I've danced with, you know, Lucy Arnaz, and. And, you know, who is Desi and yeah. Lucille Ball's daughter, you know, and, and, you know, of course, John Raitt, you know, and Bonnie came 
to watch us do the show, and she sat outside the theater signing autographs, you know, with her father. Yeah. I have signed autographs from both of them in my storage. And, and you know what? Lucy, we called her Lucy Jr., you know, but Lucy was a great dancer, beautiful, looked like Lucy, looked like Lucille Ball, yeah, but had the coloring of Desi Arnaz. Really? Yeah, and so she had dark brown hair, you know, but had you know that had that you know had that Lucy face, you yeah. know, that very, you know, that very pale skin, oh, you man. know, and the girl could dance and sing, you know, I mean, she could perform equally as well as her mother, you know, and you know what, Desi was no slouch, you know, I mean, he was a great singer, but you he know. also knew how to perform, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think one of his most famous songs is called Babaloo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and oh, for goodness sake. And those were, you know, those were great times. I, I, I moved to Tulare County to, to teach dance. How long ago was that? Oh, I don't know. 10, 15 years ago. Okay. And, um, and, um, as I always say, Farmersville needs a dance teacher like they need another bullet. <laughs> it's, Farmersville is a uh, quaint town right but they it's a lot of farmers obviously right and you know mechanics and stuff like that to try to bring something from a bigger city to farmersville or exeter or rosie is kind of not the priority right now right well it i mean i enjoyed it i i see you know some of the girls i've taught here in this parking lot yeah I mean, it, this is one of the few food stops and places where you could actually come to. And I, I'll see one occasionally in the parking lot. Hey, Mr. Schaefer, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and so many years ago, I, I, I lost my beautiful house, you know, any vehicles I actually owned, you know, kind of fell away also. But you still have uh, all your tools in storage, right? Yeah. Okay. And I have... I have... Two really valuable things. Besides your health. <laughs> and my health is pretty damn good. Okay. You know, I was... I, I just got out of the hospital 
and they kicked me out, you know, I mean, you know, perfect health, blood pressure 120 over 80, you know, um, you know, even though I'm, you know, have a, a little bit of a respiratory condition, you know, they gave me medication to deal with that. Yeah. And so, you know, I do pretty okay. Sure. I push a basket around and, you know, I take two or three or four or five or ten dollars from whoever rolls by, whoever offers me anything. Yeah. I got... I got food stamps that are worth seven or eight hundred dollars. Okay. And so I could walk into Walmart and buy anything. Yeah. You know, I may go in there, I may go in there and get a steak. And I got enough money for a fireplace log. Yeah. You know, I can burn that steak and and be happy. The only thing the only thing I don't have is like a camp stove where I can make rice, which is as a child, as a child in Santa Clara, the son of a Hawaiian, we had white rice, white rice every day. Yeah, that's a staple of uh, most. Right? Most Hawaiians? Yes, yeah. white rice. And my grandmother would make a dish that she called, um, well, she used, um, she would make something called adobo. And, uh, and there's a Mexican adobo. Mm-hmm. But Filipino-Hawaiian adobo is different. It's... Um, you you soak it in you soak the chicken in vinegar and pickling spice okay and and then you boil it and you boil it till it's tender and then you then you serve it with what they call siphon which is what my father and my grandmother called long rice it looks like clear spaghetti Uh and you you know water chest water chestnut snow pea (laughs) snow pea you know very very good (laughs) very good and so uh, and believe me I I can speak even though my grandmother was sure that I spoke Perfect English. Yeah. Perfect white man English. I could still talk like hell. <laughs> hey, Kaylee, go out and get chicken. <laughs> I love the Hawaiian talk. It's you know, like um, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like a relaxed, excited at the same time, enthusiastic uh, pronunciations. Here, let me say something for you. And you know what it is. A comer 
Iloko Makua, Iloko Okalani, E Hawanawia Iko Inoa. And you were born, you were born and raised saying that in English. So what does that mean? That's our, that's the Lord's Prayer. Oh, In okay. Hawaiian. In Hawaiian. And, and I have, I have a Hawaiian dictionary in my, in my storage, you know, with, all my other, you know, good things, you know, my my 150-year-old Duncan Fife dining room table. Yeah. My 100-year-old Wurlitzer stand-up piano. I got three trumpets, all, all in perfect conditions because I worked... For the Benz Trumpet Company, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I moved to Southern California, I came here to teach, you know, to teach a a flag and rifle color guard, if you know what that is. Yes. And I, you know what, because my sister, my sister Lonnie, another Hawaiian name. Lani means heaven and she taught me how she taught me how to twirl the rifle and by the time I was 13 I I was state champion I was and I'm great I could do things with a baton and a rifle that nobody can do nobody Nobody on the planet. I, I could throw a rifle, and as high as a gymnasium ceiling, turn around two times, jump up in the air, catch it between my legs. Really? I could do, yeah. And you know, I was disabled in this same parking lot. You know, somebody ran into me with a car. But, hey, I'm walking. <laughs> I'm walking and I get around now. You're walking with a cane. Well, you know what? I, I use it. I, I don't really need it if I got... If I have enough um, Advils in me, I don't even need to walk with it. You know, but... It, you know what? It, it's kind of a... A crutch. Oh yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it it's kind of a crutch. I don't mind using it, and and it kind of and and such. I'm such a good weapons expert that I don't have a problem using it to protect myself. It it may sound odd, but when you sleep on the streets, you have to. You have to have you have to have something next to you, just in case somebody comes along. And believe me, a lot people of times they do. people come by, you know. And I mean, they don't want any of my clothes. You know, I'm too small for you know. 
I'm too small for um, most people. Yeah. So, you know, my clothing is not, you know, acceptable for most of them. And, it, yeah, I've never been, um, I've never been big, you know. Uh, I think when I was at the doctor, they weighed me at... 130, you know, which is compared to what my biggest was, which was 165. How tall are you? 5'4". You're 5'4". Yeah, 5'4", 5'5", you know, depending, you know, uh, depending on, you know, the stick that measures me. (laughs) Okay. You know, and... If you're having a good hair day or not? Yeah, well, you know what? My hair's pretty much always the same. Okay. You know, but um, I I got that, you know, natural straight Hawaiian hair. And, and you know what? I, um, I mean, hair is never... Hair and clothing is something I don't really um, worry about. You know, um, my <laughs> my Hawaiian looks get me through, and and it's passable, and my English is so flawlessly perfect that. I can go along and I can, you know what, I know, I know parts of German, I know parts of French from ballet, and so... There's a lot of German people in ballet, in there? There are. That and, like, Russians. There are a lot of Russians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... And you know what I I read a lot. You know that's the one thing that I always remember. My I would come home from school. My mother would be sitting at the our little round dining table that we had for the eight of us. Yeah. You know my father. You know, my mother and my, you know, my five siblings. There are a bunch of us, and you know what? We all got long, black, straight hair. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know. And so, when you were a child doing woodworking, what did you really like to make? I, you know, um, one thing that I make exceptionally well, and every school in this area has a set of them, rifles. Rifles? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I make... The wood dummy rifles. The wood dummy rifles. Yeah. You know, I mean, we used to use... Um, you know, when I was a kid, we used to use um, rifles that were made by a company called Paris Manufacturing, Kentucky. 
but they were, I mean, they were simulated military style. Yeah. With a bolt, with a bolt that you could open. The old, uh, what is that, the old A1s? You know, they used to, they called them M1As. Yeah. And um, you could open the bolt, pull it back, there would be a dummy bullet inside on a spring, you close it and lock the bolt and go along. Yeah. You know, I, since I was an expert twirler, I developed a, a rifle that you could twirl with your fingers like a baton. That light? Yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe two and a half pounds. I can make one for you right now. Yeah. You know, and and my friend who taught me to do body work taught me how to paint them. You know, I I can paint them, I can paint them whatever color you want, and they could have a lacquer finish. You know, you could put an epoxy on it so that it's, it's especially hard. I got one sitting right in my storage area right now. It's candy striped. You know, but every single school in this Visalia district owns a set of my rifles. I've taught it. I've taught Color Guard to Mount Whitney, El Diamante, um, Redwood, Farmersville, Exeter, um, and I mean, I'm. I'm such an expert at it. I mean, they only need to see me do it. They only need to see me twirl. And I'm hired by the band director right out, point blank. Yeah. And since, I've, since I have degrees in dance and theater, and I'm an expert dancer, and, and I've been teaching it long enough where I can teach... I could teach girls how to do it. You know, I could teach them how to be very good ballet dancers. I could teach them how to do jazz dance, modern dance. And, uh, you know, you know, um, if they're ever willing, I could teach them voice. Because, you know, one of my voice teachers, the great Sarah McFerrin, and you know her son. Her son is Bobby McFerrin. The, he sang the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was, uh, you know, she was more of a gospel singer. But she was along my travels, you know, when I went to school. Yeah. And I went to school for... 20 or more years I mean a long time and you know you know it takes a while to get that kind of an education though and I don't you know what I push a cart I I don't grumble you know I, I don't grumble I smile you know don't worry, be happy. You know, I smile. And you know what? It, my smile, 
makes me money. It, I mean, it doesn't make me a whole lot, but I walk around, you know, I got $800 in food stamps. I got 10 bucks in change. I, I can go buy a beer if I want one. I can, I mean, I mean, I, I got all the food I can eat. Does it have like a load off your shoulders to have that kind of freedom? You know what? I, I'm an unburdened soul. And um, I may live in a precarious place where I have to worry when I, you know, I don't sleep especially well at night, you know, because I kind of have to have one eye open. A lot of homeless do that, right? They don't sleep at night. They just wander around kind of for protection. But during the day, they take, they get as much sleep as they can. And, you know, that's pretty much, you know, where I am sitting. You know, I, I mean, I have food to eat. I got a, I got a radio. I got a telephone so you know I'm I'm pretty set yeah I mean as far as that goes I, I I walk around you know with you know with a golf club you know I kind of cane around using it you know but it's also it, I don't have a problem you know using it like a baseball bat if I need to either yeah it may sound, you know, but it's that one eye open situation kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I I try to stay, you know, sturdy and 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 there. Is there certain parts of the town that you stay away from? Um I don't go up to um the circle off of the oval the oval by Goshen yeah oh by Goshen you know by it, it, I think it's by is it downtown Visalia or yeah it's it, it it's the oval up there by it, it's down the street from you know, from health and human services and uh, where I mean where I make sure, you know, that I'm pretty regular. I got, you know, they make sure I can go there, you know, to make sure that I'm, you know, have my food stamps. I can make sure I can go there and have them, you know, do medical if I need, you know, that kind of assistance. Yeah. And... It, you know, you know, it, it's a little bit of walk to, um, you know, to where I, I have um, it, family health care. You know, it's a couple of miles away. Yeah. But I, I roll down here, you know, to, you know, to Walmart, you know, to to get my telephone 
and my little radio. And so and, and so I sit in the parking lot and people will hand me a dollar here and there. Maybe buy you some water, maybe some lunch or something. I got I have four bottles of water, a, a couple of bottles of um, what they call body armor, which is... Oh, the, the drink, right? The yeah, body it's armor, a, yeah. You know, it's a, like a, a vitamin. Vitamin thing. You know, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's like Gatorade on steroids. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, it's a little bit, you know... It's similar in flavors to Gatorade, but it's got, you know, it's a little bit more enhanced. How long have you been homeless? I don't know, a year, a couple of years. So it's very recent for you. You know, relatively. I I used to own a I used to own a really nice house, you know, but you know, you know things things happen. And uh, you know what? I couldn't hold on to it. I mean, I couldn't pay the mortgage all by myself. And, you know, and my ex-wife, you know, packed up my kids and left one day. Did she? She did. How many kids do you have? Two. Two kids. Boy and a girl? Oh, I have two boys. Two boys. Very, both of them very sharp. One just started the University of California. The other one is a sophomore at El Diamante. Okay. Does... Did she leave because of any problems that you're having? Like, are you, are you an alcoholic? Are you a drug user? Do you not believe in the government? I don't... Not really. She was influenced by. She was influenced by somebody else. Mm. And, and that happens. You know, and and I don't even pretend to wonder um, what the situation was. You know, I can only imagine. It, it's not best or worst, you know, one day, you know, one day she says that's it, next day she was gone. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't drink too, you know, too, you know, um, I don't drink that much. And I don't, I mean, and, you don't use it as a coping mechanism. No, I, I, I don't really. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind having a little alcohol, you know. But I'm kind of limited on funds, so I, I just have what I can afford to buy, which is kind of relaxing. I, um, you know what, I, I know where I can buy. Cigarettes, but I don't smoke more than one or two a day. I mean, mostly to help me knock myself out so that I can go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and... Uh. 
but uh, you know what? I think my education stands up for itself. I, I do, I don't have, I mean, I don't have a problem pushing a cart around knowing that I'm the sharpest homeless man on the planet. <laughs> you know, you know, I can sit and banter with, with anybody on yeah. most any subject. And I read enough. I I read enough books to you know to stay you know to keep me informed. Up to date. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm reading a Tom Clancy book right now. What's it called? It's called uh, With No Remorse. Okay. Uh, or Without Remorse, and but he wrote The Firm. Yes, he did. And, you know, that is, you know... Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? Doing okay? How are you? Drew is? Who? Drew. I'm sorry. What are you guys doing? And so you, you're into Tom Clancy, right? Yeah. And uh, do you have a favorite book of Tom Clancy? Well, you know what? Uh, this is his... This Without is, remorse. This, <laughs> Without remorse. He just talked about that, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, this, this is not the first one I've read. I mean, I read another one of his when I was in jail. Um, when did you go to jail? Are you kidding? <laughs> I go to jail all the time. <laughs> you go to jail for being uh, for being Hawaiian or for being homeless? For being homeless. Okay. For I mean, I mean, I mean, technically, I'm trespassing. Right now, we are. Yeah, you and I are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm on this side of that sign, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, as soon as I venture on the other side of that sign. I'm trespassing unless I'm a customer. Do you know about the the Hope team? <laughs> I've heard of them. Do you do you think of them as a positive figure in the community, as a negative figure? What do you think about them? I don't think I'm leery about most police. Um, only because I'm leery of many police because they have, they don't have a, largely they're not overly educated, for one. And I, um, I, I, Maybe the best way for me to coin the phrase would be all brawn and no brains. <laughs> well, the education they do get, uh, either about law or about psychology or about community service, is kind of a crash course, just enough to get them by, right? Because the, obviously they don't have unlimited funds to keep training officers the way they should be trained. But you're right, it is a lot of uh, forced attrition. Yeah. 
It really is. And, 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 and the, the mentality of many officers, you know, I mean, they see me loitering, you know, and that's against the law. Pick them up, bring them in. I've been to county jail six, seven times in the last two years. Yeah. You know, and I stay for a few days. I stay for a few days, and you know what? You know, they give me a bus pass, a cat pass, and, you know, and, you know, I got to get an extra buck to get back over here, you know? Is it better for the homeless to sleep in the county jail so they can get a bed, so they can get food, so they can, I don't know, don't have to uh, contend with the violence in here or out here? Um, um, being in jail is not my favorite um, not yeah I mean county jail is not my favorite institution yeah. um, it, it, it I mean the the food is adequate at best. <laughs> it's not very good. Yes, and um, and maybe if I, I mean, if I do anything that keeps me there, at an extended period, I, I, you know, I could bathe, you know, and I'm working on. Um, Tuesday, I get Social Security. Ah, good. Do you know how much money that is? It's not very much. No, it's... It depends on what age you are. So I know that Social Security, there's three ages that you need to be concerned about. 62, 65, and 67. So at 62... If you start collecting at 62, you get a large chunk of your Social Security cut. And at 65, you get some of it cut. And at 67, you get the full amount of Social Security. I'll get more money. I'll get more money when I get my card that I've had in years. Years. I might be able to get a car. I might be able to get off the street. Yeah. I mean, I can pack up all of my my clothes. I could build a box inside of the inside of a minivan. I could build anything for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, I could build I could build furniture. Yeah. You know what? All I need all I need is a place to store what meager amount of clothes I have you know I got a I got my favorite toy which is my radio and I have a telephone you have right now playing on your radio classic rock yeah is that your favorite yeah it is although I 
I, you know what? I'll listen to. Um, I like classic rock, but you know, in a pinch, I'll listen to country. You know, uh, but. Um, what do you think about rap? Uh, uh, no, it's it's um. Kind of an acquired taste. No, it, it, it's rapping isn't singing. It's it's speaking percussively. Okay. It it's not a um. It, it, it's not a, a form. Of, it's not a form of music. It's a form of speech. Self-expression. And, and and that's you know that's fine. You know if if that's you know I I I hear it day and night. I mean, people drive. I mean, I I sit and sleep, and people drive up and down Mooney Boulevard playing it. Yeah, very loud. Yeah, very loud. <laughs> And but it it's not. I sometimes wonder what people hear in it. And I mean, I, okay. Um, I think I think Cheech and Chong did something called. Mama talk to me, try to tell me how to live. <laughs> da 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 ba da da bum bum bum. I love that song. <laughs> I don't it's, listen to him because my head is like a sieve. <laughs> ba da da ba da da bum bum bum. Yeah, I love that song. It's uh, him singing about uh, being a crossdresser, and his parents and his coach don't like it. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it it came out on a, a corn album. And so it was one of their extra songs that they had on there. It's it's pretty awesome. And and, <laughs> and, and I understand Tommy Chong actually is, you know, has a business doing something, you know, and Cheech is on in movies all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's one of the most. Cheech is more than uh, more than Chong about the movie industry, but Chong is very intellectual about a cannabis, and he he does a lot of um, a lot of business about like not only the music industry, but you know just just the, like the youth and trying to teach people about different stuff. And they, you know what? That's yeah. I grew up with them. I mean, and they were the most popular things on, you know, in the movies yeah. when I was a kid. And, but, you know what? Cheech Marin, you know, he's a very, very good actor. He's a great actor. Great person to talk to, too. That dude is knowledgeable about a lot of things. I'll bet. Yeah. He does a lot of podcasts. Really? Yeah, he does a lot of podcasts. He's done podcasts with Cypress Hill. He's done podcasts with Snoop. He's done, 
podcast with a lot of people. You can find him a lot of, and just being vocal, not only about like the war on drugs, but about the youth and how um, just different issues. Fascinating. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, well, I appreciate him because he's he's how did what's the word bellicose. You know, humorous. Yes. yes. You know, you know, I, I remember, um, I don't, you know what, I, I got a dictionary, I got to look up what bellicose, the actual definition is, but it, it's French, you know, but it, it, it has to do with humor. Okay. You know, you know, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember on, of all television shows, Lost in Space. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah. The and, original series, right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, um, starred, um, uh, Guy Robinson. Mm-hmm. June Lockhart. Uh, oh, her name's Cartwright. Um, yeah, I want to say Pamela uh, Cartwright, and um, it, but it, I worked with a girl one time at the theater who was the cousin to Billy Moomy, Bill Moomy. Will okay. Robinson. Really? You know, and, you know, and she was an interesting character, too, you know. How was that? You know, um, I mean, all of us who work in the theater are there for different reasons. Different experiences, different um, storytelling, right? Yeah, she was, um, she worked in the, the costuming department, mm-hmm. you know, and... And I mean, I was, I was a scenic artist and a painter. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be unusual for me to paint a backdrop as big as that side of that building. Yeah. You know, and I mean, take the drawing that an artist made, sketch it out and paint it. I mean, brushes, paint cans, you know, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of these backdrops I've painted in my life. I mean, three or four for each show that I've ever done, which is, which is, we would do, we would do a, a different show every three months. And I did that for 20 years. I mean, you have to cover every wall except the fourth wall, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would, it's... And, but, not only, did I, not only did I paint the backdrops, I would also build the scenery. You know, that meant me building Dorothy's house yeah. or, you know, or a barn, you know, picket fences, you know, you know... Um, I mean, we had a, 
the theater company I worked for, we had a cow. I mean, we had a, a motorized cow that, you know, could roam along. But, you know, um, I mean, and live it on stage during Oklahoma, you know, um, you know, one of, the, you know, the star, the star of Oklahoma, he came in on a horse, you know, you know, and, you know, they, and of course they had the horse tied up outside the theater, you know, but, you know, you know, when he comes in singing, there's a bright golden haze on the meadow, there's a bright golden haze on the meadow, the sun is as high as an elephant's eye. And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. Hey, everything's going my way. You know, and the pretty girls danced, you know, and sang. I mean, some of them, you know, uh, some of them had operatic voices. I mean, very trained. Others, you know, were, were just kind of like me, just sang because we had voice lessons. But it, A lot of people are, are trained since they were little kids, right? Yeah. If you get into that life, you, like, stay in that life. And you can, no matter what you're doing, you're continually trying to work towards uh, either performing or acting or whatever. Yeah, and believe me. And if this town, if this town actually had a theater company... Not, no, not like the one downtown. You know what, L.J. Williams, they don't have. I mean, and they got that, they got that little dinky whatever group yeah, downtown. that yeah. that's behind L.J. Williams. You know, I don't know what they do. They're not like, they're not like, you know, the, the Civic Light Opera Company that I worked for. No. I mean, which is full blown. Which is a major, you know, major theater group in Southern California. Yeah, they're up for San Gabriel Civic Light Opera, opera, and um, and the theater company, the the theater company, he works with um, a, a a theater dinner theater called the Candlelight Pavilion. And they would do shows. I mean, I don't know how many dozens of shows I've done for them. Dozens. Dozens. I mean, shoot, I've been performing since I was eight. You know, I don't stop. You know what? And it's like I said, if I get enough Advil in me, I can run. <laughs> I mean, and I could dance. And I don't have, you know, and... I mean, I want to start, I would like to start a real theater company. I have a, I have a building eyeballed out already, you know. Well, you could take that, uh, the old 
what is that, uh, Toys R Us building, right? It's all empty from the inside. You can convert it into some kind of stage. Over at, um, over by um, the Visalia Mall, okay. you know, there's that Ace Hardware place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next to that, there's an open building where they used to have a nursery and something. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they use it for a Halloween costume store. And yeah. I've been eyeballing that space. You know, I could probably, you know, it's like I said, you get Social Security. I can get, you know what, and my sister's got millions, but you know what, getting her to, to do that, but I can build anything. Yeah. First thing in that, first thing in that, that room that's there, what? 25 feet by 50 feet. First thing in there, dance floor. I have a patented dance floor. I build, I make, I make a spring. I, I make a spring out of plywood and rubber. R- rubber at the ends, plywood in the middle. I a na- spring? A, it's a wooden spring. Really? Yeah, and okay. it... And you, my dance floor, you could bounce. I mean, my dance floor, you can jump on and it reverbs you back. Oh. It's, and it, it will, it will, and it, it stays, it stays put. I mean, the rubber, the rubber springs that I build. Yeah. And I put them, I put them every few feet between between the joists of the floor, I mean, so that it doesn't just the floor the dance floor just doesn't sit on the floor. It sits elevated off the ground by by an inch, you know, by the three quarters and the inch of rubber on it. and it it gives back to you. you know, it assists you as you're dancing. Yes. I never thought about that. It, gosh, it, it's, I mean, somebody wanted me to, to patent it, but, I mean, it's too simple of an idea. I, I could do it. I mean, what would be the use of me doing that? Yeah. I'm the only person, I'm the only person who actually would use something like that. But that dance floor would be 50 feet by 25 feet, fully sprung, fully sprung. And I could put, I could put a small, I can elevate it, you know, a two foot stage in the back of the room, you know, just so that we could have, you know, a penis sit down low, you know, and, you know, you know, where where the extras could sit in chairs while they waited their turn to get on stage. Oklahoma, 42nd Street, Um, you know, George M. You know, I hear a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but I hear some people when they talk about, like, the acoustics of a room, it's important for 
when you're talking, when you're speaking, when you're singing, or even like when music to reverberate throughout the room, right? Yeah. Okay. And so you would kind of change the shape of the room just so that it would be more better acoustics for the uh, for the audience. It, you know, better acoustics. You know, for for listening. And you know what? I mean, space like that with concrete walls. You know, it, you know, and and glass at one end. It, well, it, it's largely an enclosed space. Yeah. I mean, it, it it it's basically a warehouse. You know, so the concrete walls will be perfect acoustically. I mean, I wouldn't need to. I wouldn't need to put um, acoustic tile on the walls or anything. It would be it would be fine just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, carpeting on the floor will kill all the dead noise. Yeah. Carpeting. I mean, you'd be surprised how much carpeting will kill. You know, it will, will absorb too much. It, it absorbs just what you needs. Oh, just what it needs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. It, it, you know, it, um, it. I mean, I grew up performing. It, I've been in the theater for I've been in theater for a long time, forty or fifty years. Your sister never got into it. She she taught me how to twirl, but she runs she runs a marketing company, and you know what her husband her husband is a, a, a full on electronics genius is the CTO of. A major electronics company in the Bay Area. That's where the millions came from. Yeah. Yeah. He invented something for telecommunications that made him a, a stack of money. That's you know, that's as high as a building. Yeah. Yeah. You should see. You should see the house that they live in. It's as nice. It's as nice as one of those at the end of Caldwell by the ends of the farms. You okay. know. Yeah those guys down yeah. there it's like that but it's in the it's in the Santa Cruz mountains so it's I mean it's not it's not tall and white and like you know like a you know like a big farmer's house yeah I mean it's it, it's but it's spacious it's several thousand feet and you know pool and no dogs no kids nothing Nothing. I mean, it, I mean, I, I think last time I was there, I mean, they have a Christmas tree. Yeah, you know, for... But I, I think they have a sofa and, a, and like a, a... Not a dining, you know, like a, a, an enlarged, you know, a, a table. Mm-hmm. It's something that they can put books and stuff on, and yeah. and you know, you know, or a vase or a lamp or something. Yeah, yeah. They got they got more money. They got they got more money. I I wonder why sometimes I sleep in the parking lot. 
You ever get in contact with your other siblings? I'm endeavoring to do so. I I write my sister, and you know, send me you know, send me phone numbers for, you know, my my other two sisters, and my brother. They, I could be able to sleuth out my brother. You know, I it, I I know the town he lives in, and. I, I kind of know the street that he lives on. Huh. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, he'd get me out of this. He... He would help you out. He would help me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you. You know, although, you know... It's like I said... I get that social security card, I'm set. As much as much money as that's gonna provide for you, right? The way things are right now with the inflation of the houses, the inflation of gas, with the inflation of milk and eggs and all kinds of stuff, it's it's a little daunting even even for somebody that has a house. Uh, so. I just want to say that uh, I wish you well. I hope you uh, things start improving for you. Louis, it's not too bad right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm not suffering. I got food. Other than being hit by a car, tell me about that. Oh my God. It's- Somebody backed into me in the parking lot. You were just walking in a parking lot and somebody just backed into you? Yeah. Was it very hard? It was hard enough to put me in the hospital. Ugh. I mean, and... Uh, yeah, it was... And, yeah, it was hard enough to put me in the hospital and, um, you know, have the ambulance take me away. Yeah. in there long enough. I mean, I mean, I'm still carrying the walker, you know, but you know what? My, I recuperated enough where I just kind of use the golf club as a cane to walk around. I, I don't need to push the walker. Yeah. I mean, I have it. I mean, I mean, they issued it to me at the hospital, but I, I have it, but I... I'm getting, you know, my legs getting strong enough where I can get going. And it's like I said, if I get enough Advils in me, I can run. When they took you to the hospital or when they take you to county jail, what happens to your stuff? Sometimes it stays here. Sometimes it goes. Sometimes they take it. That must suck, having your radio with all your stuff and then just disappearing. Well, you know what? When I, if they take me, if they were to take me to the hospital, the two things that I would bring with me, the golf club to walk with, the radio goes in my pocket, my telephone goes in my pocket, and the charger cords go in my pocket. You know, anything that, you know, anything that I need 
I mean, the backpack comes along too. Yeah. And it 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 has my journal in it. You know. You still journal in it? it yeah, I do. I I mean, I wrote, you know, today. Hey, here's a new day. I'm going to Walmart. I got some. I mean, gonna pick up some odds and ends. You know. Got some nice avocados, you know. You know what? You know what I need? I need a knife so I can cut the avocado open, you know. Otherwise, I'll just peel it open with my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's been an awesome conversation, sir. I really appreciate it. No problem. You know, it, how is it that, I mean, it, I suppose I've helped you along your journey. You have, actually, you have. And that's, that's, why I, uh, that's why I do this is because, you know, sometimes I don't understand what goes on in, in people's minds or, you know, what goes on when they go through the hurdles that they go through. And so me sitting here talking to you about how you live your life and how you go on about your day, it helps me understand a little bit more. And so I appreciate that. And this is mainly for an education for me. As, as selfish as I am, <laughs> this is a, an education for me. Okay, I understand. Yeah. I appreciate it. it uh, thank you very much. You're quite welcome, sir. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.